The number two show in the world, The Craig Ferguson Show. The number two show in the world. Actually, I don't. Normally, we're probably not the number two show in the world, sure. but I think today. It's weird, yeah, because. I think we might be the number two show in the world. Because our guest is so number one in He's everything. He's the number one. Uh, it raised number one us. In the world. It raised us to number two. I, I think it's brought our game right up. Which is the best we could ever Joe, hope please on. introduce our guest in a, in a big, fancy fashion. Well, I was going to. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Out of UCLA, number 33, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, yeah. Welcome, Kareem. Thank you very much. <laughs> Happy nice to be here. here. Thank you. Same to you. And hey. wearing the UCLA hat. Yeah, so. very satisfying that you're wearing the UCLA hat. <laughs> Did, now, is that a, is, did you get that hat while you were at UCLA? Is that an old hat? No, it's not. No, all right. But Very, they still give you free hats? No, they don't. What? But I, I, don't, mind wear, <clears throat> I don't mind wearing them. <clears throat> I had a very positive experience at UCLA, so it, it's okay. Hey, I, I wanted to ask you, while we're on the subject of UCLA, uh, Joe and I were having a discussion earlier today about the idea of paying college athletes. I'm for it. Joe is uh, very much against it. No, no, we're both for it. What do you, where do you come down on that? Do you well, think they should be paid? I'm for it, absolutely. I, I think they're exploited terribly. They, they make uh, billions of dollars each year, and um, they are the show, and they don't get to share in any of it. They get uh, room, board, and tuition, and uh, they don't have very much uh, security. I, I, I think they should be uh, given a, a, a share of the pie. I, I, I'm not saying to make them wealthy, right? but... Uh, Make them uh, feel comfortable. I think so. I think that the whole idea. I remember, you know, whenever I've been, I've been in March Madness a couple of times, and and when you see the uh, like all the uh, like most of the kids who are playing there, that's it. That's their basketball career. That's it. It's done after that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it. I mean, that's a big glory time for them. You should be able to take some a little bit away from it, more than just the glory, right? Yeah, and I mean, can't even imagine the hours they're putting in on top of trying to. Yeah, pass how did you classes. get through tuition and stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, but you were at UCLA. They didn't pay you at UCLA. <laughs> no, they didn't. But yeah, did you make any money after that? You you do okay after that, sure. Oh, I did very well <laughs> after that. <laughs> but uh, while I was there, I, I couldn't make any money. I, I found someone who c- would help me scalp my tickets. Really? And I was able to make some money uh, doing that. Wait, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. That's good. <clears throat> Listen, the uh, your book, Becoming Kareem, um, the the latest book, Growing Up on and Off the Court, is my understanding. I haven't read it yet because I just got my copy oh, that's ha- given nice. to me by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And written in by in hand, handwritten hand by written. the entire book, the handwritten, <laughs> the first manuscript of the book. But it's it's my understanding. This is about the early part of your. Uh, life. Uh, yeah, I, it goes like from grade school until I played my first year in the NBA, and it it deals with all the mentors that I had, and um, some of them were really positive. Some of them uh, gave me an example of how I did not want to live my life, but uh, you know I was able to learn from them and make a, a few good choices uh, in in trying to live my life and determine what my path would be. Is that is that something you were aware of at the time that you know when you were a kid because no, you, no. you weren't aware of it at the time. You weren't aware of being able to choose between this is the right guy and this is the wrong guy to be looking at or Not <clears throat> not really. You're not really uh, at that point wise enough. You right. Know, you you just want to know about something. And uh, you, 
I was willing to listen to people, and uh, I, I, I usually benefited from, from that knowledge. It's interesting. Whenever I talk to an athlete who has been uh, you know, as successful as you, which is not that often because there aren't that many, <laughs> but whenever I talk to them, I, I'm always interested in the idea of innate talent. But there's, there is a kind of, I don't know if it's a myth or, or, or what, how do you feel about the idea that someone is born with a gift and how important is it that gift is, like, uh, clearly you were very tall. There's a lot of tall people in the world. Being tall isn't going to do it. Right. Right. So what, when did you, were you aware of having a gift to play this game or was this something that was nurtured by these coaches, it was something that was brought out of you, something you developed as a young man? I, I, I think... Uh, what what happens is uh, competition really determines who has the talent and how outstanding they are. Because, all right, my, my senior year in, in college, there were 70 other players in the NC2A Division One that were listed as seven feet tall or right. taller. Wow. That's a lot of very tall guys. <laughs> That's a lot yeah, of yeah. tall guys. Yeah. You know? So it's it's not just about height. Of course not. you know, you got to have some competitive fire and um, – uh, skill as in working with other people and coordinating your talents, and and this is a this is a key. Yeah, I mean that I think particularly in some a game as fast and as as competitive as basketball, where you really are a team. And it's like there's 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 uh, if you're unpopular with the guys you're playing with, is that going to affect your game? How they play with you? Oh, you, you you're not going to get much done. <laughs> that, that, well, that's interesting, you know, though. Yeah, because yeah. people won't want to pass you the ball. And right. They, they, you, you don't, usually what happens is if you don't want to help them, they don't want to help you. Right. But when you're on a team and guys know how to work together and help each other and, and win together, those are certain qualities uh, that uh, are, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Sought after. You know, is that something that is done by uh, you want some water <coughs> yeah. there you go is that something that that's nurtured clearly that's something that's nurtured by a, a coach right the idea is to build that idea or a mentor or i guess coach in particular the case of uh i mean you're the coach you've been working with for years and years and years john wooden yeah yeah i mean is that the idea that to nurture your uh, position within the team to nurture the team's position not around you but together well, to to enhance the um, ability of the guys to work together, right, and succeed, right. So to get uh, easy shots and to play good defense together, and to uh, understand the moments of the game that enable you to win. How uh, difficult is it to subjugate your own ego in a team of you know? Because these are all alpha personalities, right? There's not no, no, they're not all alpha personalities. Really? No. So some guys are just there to uh, contribute, and uh, they don't mind taking a secondary role. I'm guessing that wasn't you when you were a young man, right? No, no, I, I, I under- tried to do my role, you know, right. what, what I could do best from my position on the court. And, uh, you know, if, if you have that type of discipline and uh, at least that much humility, <laughs> you know. It's interesting because that, that's not something that a, a word that, immediately springs to mind for me about uh, a hugely competitive athlete is to use the the word humility but of oh, no, course but in a the, team it has to be there right you, you, you got to understand your strengths and weaknesses right oh, I, I played with magic all right yes six nine point guard the little quick guys gave him problems right <laughs> like running around <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the little quick guy but he knew that uh if 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 he got beat i would 
stop the penetration to the hoop, and he knew what to do to help me because I had just helped him. And uh, that's how we got along. So, yeah. you know, I covered his back, he covered mine, and we, we were able to win. That, that's, that's what you want, uh, guys that can cooperate and understand each other's talents and uh, help them uh, play through their talent and help them uh, uh, avoid having to uh, use their weakness. And what about when, when it began for you, like if you're a little kid, and you start playing basketball just like in elementary school, right? Right. Uh, does anyone, did you notice at first that you were kind of pulling ahead of the pack, or did somebody else go, this kid here might be a little different? I, I noticed, first of all, that I was way behind the pack. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because um, my height. Yeah, well, you were tall even as a kid. It didn't come Right, on. And, yeah. and I was a lot taller than you know, the, all the other kids my age, and right. my strength and coordination lagged. Because of course, because you're still developing. You're I'm still, still developing, right. and I have more to, to control and right. perfect right. than right. others, right? Uh, but at a certain point, all of a sudden, all those advantages start to manifest. What and point was that, when you were about 12, 13 years old? About something? 13, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seventh, eighth grade, uh, also in eighth grade, I was playing pretty good, and the high schools noticed me, and um, I... I got recruited into high and school. Was there anyone at that point that you credit with kind of like explaining to you who you were or what you might become? Was anyone aware of it? One guy uh, taught me how to shoot the hook shot. He gave me a drill. The sky hook? Someone taught you? I thought that was like you just... I No, I, I kind of... It kind of evolved after, after I that. learned okay. this drill. Right. But this drill was used by a gentleman named George Mikan who was very effective center the first really big tall guy who was a, right. an effective basketball player, and he had this drill where he used both of his hands and did the footwork right around the basket. And uh, a, a guy showed me that drill, and I worked on it. I didn't have anything else. So I worked on it and worked on it and through uh, fifth through eighth grade. So by the time I started high school, I had that shot down. That's interesting. Now, yeah. it, when you say you worked on it and you worked on it as well, do you think that's very important? for Even if an athlete is born... With innate talent, if someone is is gifted with, you know, some <coughs> innate ability, some 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 God given ability to to play a game or 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 participate in a sport, how important <coughs> is it the the rigorous training? Is that is that as important as it is for someone who, I guess, it, it, who who doesn't have it? It's it's absolutely important, Craig. Because all right. <clears throat> One guy I trained with, Bruce Lee, he said... Oh, my God. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid of some guy who's practiced 10,000 kicks. I'm afraid of one guy who's practiced a kick 10,000 times. Right, uh, because he because he knows how to do it. He's mastered it, and that ha that's how it worked out for me. How did you connect with Bruce Lee? How did that come about? I started studying martial arts in New York during the summer on my summer vacation, and I wanted to continue when I came back uh, to Los Angeles. So uh, somebody and Bruce was in L.A. Yeah, he was in L.A. He was doing the uh, Green Hornet TV show. Oh right, 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 right. Because <coughs> we were both our first movies with our dad was Enter the Dragon. Oh both wow! Of yeah, us. yeah, so cool. amazing, uh, amazing. Twenty years apart. Joe's jo twenty years younger than me, and yeah, it was like wow. my dad was like, "Yeah, we got to go see this movie." So that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but same. even in Scotland, and like when I grew up in Glasgow, Bruce Lee, there was you know kids had pictures of Bruce Lee up in their wall. That. Famous one with the nunchucks where he's, you know. Oh, the, oh yeah. Everybody just, had that thing. So he was a big star, and you were an emerging star at that time, right? 
Yeah, I, I were you already... with the? Were you in Milwaukee at that point? No, I was in, at UCLA. UCLA still, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, so when you finished in UCLA, that's when you went to Milwaukee, right? Yes. All right, and then six years there, and then out to the Lakers. Correct. But we're talking about the early part of becoming Kareem. Mm. Yes. So the uh, becoming growing up on and off the court is the book, um, which is fascinating. It's just a fascinating look at a young athlete's career. It, the the idea of um, at UCLA, you're a you're a uh, you're a college athlete, and you're a very celebrated college athlete. It seems to be working because even in high school. You know, the, you had this run of games. Your team had this run of games. Is that that's presumably which took you to UCLA, right? Yeah, we we did so well. Um, we won from my freshman year to my senior year. We won like seventy one or seventy two games in a row. Jesus. <laughs> that's Jeez. a good streak. Yeah, yeah it really is. Good. Do you still go down to the Lakers? Watch the Lakers? Yeah, sometimes I go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you. Are you? I mean, you're still very connected to the sport, right? Not very, but a little bit. And you know, the Lakers is a good connection for me and had. Many wonderful years with them. What do you think the dangers are for a young athlete, you know, someone that's coming through now versus what they were when you were a young man? Are they, are they still the same? Is it, you know, the insurge of money, the insurge of attention, losing focus? Is that, is I that think, it? I think just uh, letting it all get to your head and thinking that it's going to last forever and uh, you can't make any mistakes. You can't make any mistakes you think you can't make any mistakes, or you, you actually can't make any mistakes? You think you can't make right, any mistakes. Right, 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 exactly. That's hubris. Yeah. We're talking about hubris. Here. Right, yeah. exactly. It's that, it's that weird thing about, you know, uh, the Daedalus and Icarus, the old man who says, you know. Don't go too close to the sun, my Don't boy. go too close to the <laughs> yeah. sun, yeah. The weird thing about that story is, and I think it's kind of, it's an interesting story because it works the other way on hubris. In aviation, if you go higher the air gets colder, and so the wax on those wings would actually be safer. <laughs> the danger is flying too low. So Daedalus was actually wrong, oh, but it still works as a, as a parable about parable. hubris because, in fact, maybe it works even better because when you're older, you think you know everything. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but maybe exactly. you don't. When you, when you see young athletes now, do you follow the sport very closely? I follow it. You know, yeah. it's, it's still interesting to me. Um, I, I was always a baseball fan. Wow. Yeah, I was always a Brooklyn Dodgers. I was, Brooklyn Dodgers? Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, okay. But uh, <clears throat> I learned about the game of basketball and learned to love it, and uh, it's a great game. Do you ever play, uh, this is a kind of a left field, but I, I, I have a reason behind this. Do you ever play tennis? Yes, I did. Yeah, because Joe was a basketball player and then played tennis. Now, I always think of, you know, Joe Bolter sure. and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> no, Malibu High School, yeah. Yeah, my... Malibu High School. But that's interesting because it's a core thing. With the, I mean, why did it call to you as a game? Uh, I, I went to, I went to uh, UCLA when Arthur Ashe was there. He was oh, a well, senior my, my yeah, freshman yeah. year, and I, I got to be friends with him. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so crazy. I wanted to, you know, just... See what Arthur's game was about, basically. Yeah, that's crazy. What a time to be alive, though. You know, Arthur Ashe is there. Yeah. Bruce Lee is working uh, in Los Angeles. You know, you're coming of age at UCLA. This is, what a crazy time. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fred Wynn and the people from uh, uh, the uh, Monster Show on TV. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Monsters. The Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to come to the games. Uh, <laughs> some of the guys in the... Um, the doors, 
One or oh two of God. them went like to Jim use. Morrison. Jim and Morrison. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they came to the games all the time. That's crazy. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Now, but when I think of that time in LA, I don't know much about it. I wasn't there, but I think of it as very kind of like druggy, flower power, kind of like very loose type of. My 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 freshman year was the flower power year. 66, summer 66. Were you ever wow. distracted by any of that? Did you feel like... Some, it? Sometimes. I spent a few, one or two dizzy days and I realized I better not step in that yeah. direction. <laughs> but the thing, because your your art was, was the game. Yeah. You know. Do you ever, do you ever equate <clears throat> it with, with other, uh, with other art forms? Like I think when great, when an athlete is on, on his game, it is like art. It's like unbelievable Absolutely, to yeah. watch. Do you, is there other forms of art that call to you that you appreciate in the same way? Yeah, jazz. Jazz. Yeah, because you, you got, you have a group of guys, they have to react to each other in the moment. Right. And they have to be aware of each other's skills and how to support each other. And, uh, you know, the uh, solo is just like shooting the basketball. There's certain dudes that you want to solo, there's certain guys you want to shoot the basketball, and there's other guys you don't want to solo and you don't <laughs> want them to shoot. You know, they, those people are called brick masons. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's quite similar. And uh, you, you try to feature the, the strength of your team, you know, the guys who can score and everybody else provides support. It, and the whole idea of being aware of each other and reacting to each other's choices is quite what basketball is about. If I find that fascinating. That's very interesting. So when you're inside a game... Um, <laughs> There is is there a cognitive process like I want this to happen? Yeah. Uh, or is it more like whatever is going to happen, I'm going to be ready. Whatever's happening, you want want to be ready and you want to make the best choice. So if uh, uh, there's a break down the court and you see James Worthy is on the wing and he's wide open, you get him the ball and it's going to translate into two points. Right. And uh, if you don't get him the ball when he's open, he's going to be annoyed at you, and <laughs> you'll end up talking to the coach a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How important is? I mean, I, it's kind of a dumb question when I think about it. But the the I guess a, a good coach is the difference between a good team and a bad team, right? Not necessarily. Really, there have been great teams where the coach really had minimal effect because he had so much talent on the court. What do you think is is the most important quality in a coach? If, uh, from a player standpoint, like from a player standpoint, yeah. I would have to say the coach has to be aware of who's in shape, and who wants to play the team game, and and sacrifice their skills for the for the team's goals. And if you you can identify those guys and get them to uh, to work together and keep them in shape, that that's the coach's job. <clears throat> and you, uh, who do you think is the the best coach you've ever worked with? Um, Jack McKinney was the first coach that we had with Magic, and right. he, got, he got hurt early in Magic's uh, rookie year. But he set the template for how to use Magic. We we used that system for a good four or five years. Do you still uh, do you still keep in touch with Magic? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I talk to him from time to time. He's he's working with the with the Lakers now. Yeah. And I told you I'm a Dodger fan. He's he owns part of the team, so I, I hit him up for tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a it, it's such an odd world. I mean, when I look at publicity, the I mean, Magic actually because he was kind of he was beginning his run as yours was just coming to an end and on on the on the court. 
the it seems like pop. We, co- no, we, we we played together ten years. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. I didn't know it was as long as that. It was that long. Uh, oh, oh my god. Uh, Seventy nine to eighty nine. Well, that's only because you played so long. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a, I was the dinosaur yeah, out there. Were, were you forty one by the time you stopped? Playing? I was forty two. Uh, wow, I turned forty two. That's impossible. During the playoffs, my what last was, year. What was your was your regime? Was it like a very strict diet? Very strict. Uh, yeah, and I, I worked. I would work on my body. Like I'd take two weeks off, right? And then I, the rest of the summer, I'd work on my body and my conditioning. So when I came into camp, I was in shape, and I, and I didn't have any hard work to do, and that that enabled me to to last for the season was it very did, <clears throat> were you very uh, cautious about what you eat uh, yeah you have to be you have to eat well get your rest not do anything crazy and be focused i guess it's just yeah. focused on what you want from, from yeah. the whole thing when the when the game i don't mean the actual game changed but the but the attention on athletes now is far more pop culture than it was uh, even five years ago, even ten years ago. Uh, the, the you know who they date, where they go. What, I mean, were you very careful in your social life? Could you get away with more kind of like because young young people like to go out and have fun? You know, I was reclusive. Yeah, they, and they thought I was antisocial, <laughs> 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 but I was reclusive. You know, I, I just I like to read. I I was kind of you know the studious type. I, and I wasn't, uh, you know, into the discos every night. I, I played a lot of minutes. I realized I had to rest a lot. So, I, do you I, think that extended your career? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the what do you like to read? What do you? I mean, it's I'm eclectic, hard. but um, John Le Carre is one of my favorite authors. Wow, that's it. so. You like uh, that's again. That's interesting because yeah. that's almost like an improvisational. There's it could go this way. It could go that way. It could right. like that. It's it's complicated. Uh, uh, when I was in high school, we read the uh, Spy Who Came In From The Cold. I was hooked on that one. That's funny. Did you watch The uh, the Night Manager when it was on TV recently? No, but I totally enjoyed Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Spy right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So You've got to see The Night Manager. It's on Amazon. If you go to Amazon, watch I've, re- I've read it. Oh, know, well, I've yeah. read the book too, but they did uh, they did an adaptation of it. Yeah. It's really cool. His, his stories are that very well. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. Yeah. They're really, really... I, I find that fascinating, yeah, and, but... It is that that kind of idea that you are. It seems to me that you approach everything in a cerebral sense. It's like, yeah. but it has that improvisational quality. What jazz musicians do you do you admire most? What do you enjoy listening to? Thelonious Monk. I knew you, you were going to say Thelonious Monk. Uh, John Coltrane, Miles yeah. Davis, Dizzy Gillespie, Dexter Gordon. These are these are. Uh, complicated riff masters though this yes. is this is not for this you don't do that on your first day no but my my dad was a jazz musician that's right i remember yeah. that. your dad what did your dad play trombone you ever you ever get called to a musical instrument you play one uh, i wouldn't practice the piano uh the whole concept of reading music um intimidated me i thought you should be able to read it like the printed page right nobody explained to me that it was finger positions and so um, it, it kind of intimidated me, and I didn't get into it. I wish I had. I, I really en- enjoy music late, that much. Man. You can, you know, <laughs> Actually, I, I bought a piano about 20 years ago and started, and I was able to do the, the very first thing that uh, Johann Bach did for learners. You right. know, for, I could play that and read it, and I was amazed. And then I got a job coaching, and uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten back to it. 
It's it's kind of fascinating though that what what does uh, an athlete who you know if you have twenty years in the is it twenty years in the NBA? Yeah. So you're twenty years in the NBA. When you stop, is that a, is that a shock? Did you go into depression? Was there a, was there a, a difficult time? It wasn't a depression. I, I was relieved, I, and I was really? really proud that I had lasted ten years and, and played to a very high level. Yeah, I mean, amazing. <coughs> but did you think, well, what what now? What what's the future going to be? Or I was fortunate in that um, I had a goal. I wanted to make up for the time that I missed spending with my children. Right. So I took three or four years just to focus on that. That's and, great. Uh, you know, let, letting the burnout go. And then I realized I, I needed to do something for the rest of my life, and I started trying to write. Yeah, it's funny that you say burnout, let the burnout go. So you were you were done. Yeah, I was yeah, done. I, you know, I'd, I'd worked hard for 20 years, and, you know, I, I took three or four years off. Yeah. What, is, what what ended the the hiatus period? Like was it, was it a slow thing? Did people were you getting called? Presumably they're calling you saying, "Hey, come and do commentary on this. Sit in the booth and do this. Do that." Some of that, and then um, there was always I was a history major. <clears throat> there was a history book that I wanted to write, so I decided I, I'd do an outline, and I did, and got a publisher interested, and th- that's how my my own personal. Writing career really started. What area of history interests you most? What, what, what were you writing about? Um, well, I wrote a book on black American history. Right. It's funny that it, it's interesting that you mention it to me. But I, I had a conversation with uh, Dr. Cornell West. Not long after, you know, Doc, you know, Doctor. I West? know him very well. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan uh, of, of Doctor West, and he was on the late night show with me once. And he said, uh, "Some, I had just become an American citizen," and I was very rah rah about it, and I was very fun. And he's, and he was very nice, and he was very friendly, and, and but he said something that forever changed me. He said, "You know, the problem is, Craig, and I'm very happy you become an American, and welcome, my brother. You know how he talks, my brother, brother Craig, yeah. is so lovely." Yeah. And he said to me, uh, he said, "But." I'll say to you, black people have never had the luxury of believing in American innocence. And right there, I was like, I think I have to know more now. You, you absolutely do. I have to know more yeah. now. And, and I, I felt, it's weird, I felt a little ashamed of myself because he was right. I didn't know enough about it. Mm-hmm. I, only knew, I only knew one story. And, and this, this, is, this is a country of a lot of stories and not all of them good. Right. And... Uh, and it changed me, and I'm grateful f- to him for that. Uh, how, how did you um, uh, enjoy the, the life story of uh, Alexander Hamilton? I, I liked it a lot. Although isn't I it, it's awesome, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I, the only one thing I had a problem with is that it says the very first lines of the movie, it says, he was the son of a whore and a Scotsman. And I go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, I'm a Scotsman. <laughs> so a Scotsman is even worse than a whore? <laughs> But it, I mean, it's uh, no. I loved it. Did you see it in New York? Yeah, I got to see it and uh, right on Broadway. It was, oh yeah, yeah, it was me awesome. too. It was but fantastic. I had read uh, the uh, I read Ron Chernow's uh, biography of Hamilton first, 
they they based it on Ron Chernow's really? biography of Hamilton. I, I haven't read that. I should read that. Oh my God, it's in great detail, and you, you understand uh, Hamilton, his triumphs and his failures. You know, it's a, it was. I thought it was kind of what I loved about it as well is that it didn't shy away from his uh, his failures mm-hmm. both as a man and and, uh, and uh, as, as a, a politician. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of it was a it was a different type of. It didn't just celebrate him. Right. It. It explained it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that was a kind of good. I think Aaron Burr is comes off obviously very badly in it, right. and and but rightly so. Yeah, <laughs> but the Gore Vidal wrote a, a, a biography of Alan Burr um, that, that I um, want. Have yeah. you read it? Well, just because of his ambition, his political ambition. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that. The idea of reading that, and my wife, her family on her mother's side are descended from John Adams. Oh come, my goodness! Yeah, I know. Wow. So she never tires of telling me that there were two founding fathers who were never slave owners. It was John Adams and Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, uh, and that's a very important to the Adams family. Different yeah. Adams family, not the one where. Kareem, it's an honor uh, to just sit and talk to you for a while. I, I, uh, I really mean it. Uh, you're a, you're a, you're an inspiration, not just to athletes, but to to many people in the media and beyond. Thank you uh, for coming in. Spending the first of the year with us, Joe. It's yes. a pleasure. Uh, unbelievable. Honor it to meet really you. Really is. <clears throat> yes. There it is. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Everybody, we'll be right back after these messages. The most fun you've ever had in your life. Number two, the Craig Ferguson Show. We'll be right back. Wait a minute. I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You played basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. You are, Kareem. I've seen you play. My dad's got season tickets. I think you should go back to your seat now, Joey. Right, Clarence? Oh, he's not bothering anyone. Let him stay here. All right, but just remember, my name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. I think you're the greatest, but my dad says you don't work hard enough on defense. And he says that lots of times you don't even run down court. And that you don't really try, except during the playoffs. The hell I don't. Listen, kid. I've been hearing that crap ever since I was at UCLA. I'm out there busting my buns every night. Tell your old man to drag Walton in the near up and down the court for 48 minutes. 